Now, I'm entitling the message today, Know God, Dash, Follow God. It's one thing to know there is a God. It's another thing to follow that God. Amen. A lot of people say they believe in God. They just don't follow that God. And to know there is a God and you don't follow that God and he does not live in your life, then you're in trouble. You need to get on board. You need to forsake this world and let the light of God shine through you that you can be living proof of a loving God to a watching world. So I want to introduce a message from the 17th chapter of Acts. The Apostle Paul is the character. Of course, here's a man, if you're new to the Bible, that grew up literally murdering Christians. But he was saved, changed, born again, began to serve God and establish churches all over his known world. And he became a major author of the New Testament scriptures. But listen to the book of Acts, and I want to set the message before you in the inspired, inerrant, and infallible word of God. 17th chapter, verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill, and he said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too suspicious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and is made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all of the face of the earth, and is determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitations, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Listen, he's not far from every one of us. Hold on to that. For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone or graven by art and man's devices. And the times of this ignorance, now pay attention, God winked at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Because... He hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. Amen. Would you please say that, those last words with me? He hath raised him from the dead. What's his name? Jesus. Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. He is alive. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he's living no matter what men say. 
He is alive. If he doesn't live in your life, he wants to live in your life. He doesn't want you to wait till Easter Sunday morning. He doesn't wait till you get a little bit older and understand more of the Bible and do some more good works because we're not saved by works. We're saved by knowing who he is and what he means to us personally and why he left heaven, came to earth, and gave us a forgiveness of our sin through his death, burial, and resurrection. All of us look forward to Easter, but also some of us can celebrate the resurrection every single day. We can be reminded by something that happens, Jesus was with me. We come close to tragedy. We move inches apart going down these freeways at great speed. And some under the influence of alcohol. Some, this is their first time to get their car out of the driveway. They just bought this new one and it's not just like the old one. And we're out there going like this. And it's sure good to know that God can help you take hold of that wheel. And he can guide you because he is alive. Listen to 1 John 1, 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. May I make a statement to you? Knowing God should be the fervent, lifelong pursuit of every human being. It should be above all else that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. There is trials and troubles every day. There is suffering every day. There's temptation every day. But there's also opportunity every day to be living proof of a loving God to a watching world. Every day we have an opportunity to tell others about Jesus Christ. Not only by what we say, but by what we do. Now my question for you is, do you have that relationship with the living God today? Not you grew up in a Christian home. Not I believe the Bible. Not I pray at certain times. Not that I come to the holy days to church. Not that I'm a member of the church. Not that I have been baptized. My question to you is, do you know that resurrected Jesus personally as your Lord and as your Savior? If the answer is no, my next question is, do you desire to? Do you want to? Do you want to be adopted into the family of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Who owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the hills they graze on. And all that's in the heavens and all that's in the earth is his. For those of you who say, I just grew up, we didn't have nothing when I was growing up. You wonder how you got this old with nothing to eat. But some way you made it. Some way you got clothes on, you know. But of course we have these pity parties all the time until we meet Jesus. When we meet Jesus, things begin to change. When we meet Jesus, we understand that nothing is too hard for him. When we meet Jesus, we understand he didn't die for billionaires. He died for everybody. He did not die for red, yellow, black, and white. He died for all of us. And he wants 
for us to know him like he knows us and he knows everything about us. It's one thing to know that God knows what I'm thinking. It's another thing for me to know what he's thinking. He's willing to tell you what he thinks. He can do it through the Holy Spirit. He can do it through the written word. He can do it through a sermon, a Bible study, a personal a friend come up to you, or maybe a stranger come up to you in your most difficult time, and that one can speak into your life the words and the life of Jesus Christ. So I ask you, do you have the desire to know him? If you remember, the shepherds wanted to see him. Read it. You'll also notice that the wise man wanted to see him. But when you read Paul, you know what he says? I want to know him. Kind of a difference, isn't it? It's one thing to know who he is and say, well, I believe in God. So does the devil. Everybody, the Bible says a fool says in his heart there is no God. But do you know him? He knows you. He knows what you're thinking right now. He knows everything we've done all of our life, but he loves us unconditionally. The question this morning is, do you know the resurrected, soon coming Lord Jesus Christ? The religious world will celebrate a factual event that Jesus rose from the grave. The world will celebrate that. But the world does not know intimately Jesus, only his kids who have done what he said you must do in order to be adopted into his family. Nowhere does he say it's about religion. He says it's about a relationship. I want you to know me, is what Jesus says. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And nobody comes to the Father except by him. It can't get any clearer than that. You couldn't rewrite the Bible and make it any clearer. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. What other name? What is the name? Jesus. 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 There's a big difference in knowing him and believing in him. Let me ask you another question. For some of you, this will give you time to strut a little bit. <coughs> How many people do you really know? Now, some of you are thinking right now, oh, just hundreds and thousands of them. They know me. I know them. I mean, I'm close friends. I'm close friends. I'm close friends. You ever get around those kind of people? I'm a close friend with people here. I'm close friend now. I'm close friend. I know this. I know them. Let me tell you something about this one all. Well, you know, if the truth were known, you don't know very many people. And I don't either. Because to know them, you've got to know what they think, not just what they do. You've got to know what they say when they're with you and what they say when they're not with you. And you don't know that. But there is one, and his name is Jesus. He knows every thought, every deed, every word, every thought. It's all about him. Do you know how your friends that you say you have respond to certain conditions? Death, loss of job, health failure, financial busting, bankruptcy. I mean, do you really know them? Or do you just think you know them? But do you know Jesus? 
Do you know what he did when he was persecuted? Do you know what he did when he was in the midst of great powerful people or whether he was with someone that no one in town knew them? But Jesus knew them and invited them to come and speak with him. But what a joy it is. And I hope I get an amen on this to know that he's my savior. Isn't that wonderful to know? Lost people don't find comfort in knowing their sins are forgiven because they aren't forgiven unless they've been confessed and taken to the Lord. No, I'm sorry. I grew up and I was terrible, terrible, terrible. Now I'm good, 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 good. Well, that's great. I'm glad you're good now. I hate that you were terrible then, but that doesn't mean you're saved. Where did you meet Jesus? Where did you come to that time in your life when you said, you know what? I can't fight this battle alone. I can't handle this world by myself. I need somebody telling me what truth is. And Jesus says, I'm the truth. Well, I don't know what to do with my life. Jesus says, I'm the way. But you don't. You can't. The reason you can't is because it's never happened to you. You have bought and gone with the majority. You say, well, I always like to stay with the majority. Because I feel like I'm a winner because I'm like everybody else. No, no, no. Wide is the way that leads to eternal damnation. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. It's what the scripture says. We'll not be judged by how many friends we have. We'll not be judged by how many accolades men put upon us. What we will be judged by is the blood of Jesus. Has it cleansed us from all sin? I'm going to ask some questions, and you can answer these silently and maybe think about it this afternoon. First question I'd ask you to think about is, how do you think God thinks? How does he think about the world, the nation, the family, you, the church? How does he think? The Bible says, let this mind be in us as in Christ Jesus. So what is that mind? What does Jesus think about the church? You say, I don't, I don't like church. I don't go to church that much. You know what? Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it. That's what he knows. And it doesn't matter what you think about the church. And I'm talking about the church, the body of Christ. I'm not talking about a denomination. I'm talking about what it means to know the bride of Christ, the church. Yes. Number two, what do you think hurts Christ the most? In your life, you and him, what are you doing to hurt him the most? Again, these are rhetorical. It's for you to decide. What is it about your life, and, and you're ashamed of it, it hurts you when you do it, but you just can't get rid of it. It might be a hot temper. That could just, I'm just throwing that as, a, as an illustration. And you can't, seemingly cannot get it under control. You say the wrong thing to the wrong people at the wrong time. You get in all kinds of trouble. You lose your job and on and on. Maybe even your marriage. So I'm going to ask you number two is what pleases him the most. You say, well, I know he's happy that I came to church today. Maybe. But if you came to church just because you had to come to church, you didn't come to meet him, know him, love him, pray to him, receive your blessings from him. I don't think he's too impressed about it. You say, well, if you feel that way, preacher, I'm just going to stay home. I don't recommend that. 
because he'll be at home with you too. And then you're going to feel guilty because you didn't come to church. That's just going to add to all the rest of the stuff. Hey, you can't win. It's either God's way or the highway, you know. He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. Now quit your arguing. There's no other name given among men whereby you can be saved. Follow me and I will make you what I want you to be. You think Jesus is a good boss? His, his word is Lord. He's not boss. Jesus is Lord. You think he's a good one? I see heads going like this. I don't see anybody going like this. Because he is. He loves us unconditionally. He wants us in his family. He has adopted us to be his children, his sons, and his daughters. Another question you need to ask yourself, we're to follow him. We're to follow Jesus. My question is, where is he going? Now, I'm going to follow Jesus. And because of the knowledge that I've learned in Scripture, and many of you have, I know where he's going. But if I didn't know where he was going, I'd still follow him. Because wherever he leads, I want to go because I know that he's Lord. But we just drop off, we drop off, we drop off. Day after day, week after week, year after year, we fall away, we fall away. I've told you this over and over again. Our denomination, over 900 churches, closed their doors last year in the United States of America. That's how we're not following Jesus. This is his bride. We say, oh, how I love Jesus, but I hate his bride. I, I, I don't think I would want that in my theology. Jesus loved the church. Jesus gave himself for the church, and you're going to walk away from the church? Well, they're this, they're that. Who matters? What does that matter? Has he failed you? No, well, I can't blame it on him. Okay, well, then keep following him. Keep following him. And God may use you to bring some wayward child of his back to being what Christians are supposed to be. But I can tell you this. I've lived long enough to do this. I'm, I'm glad to be old. I couldn't preach some of this stuff when I was young. Because I, I hadn't lived enough years. But I tell you what. The more that I know about Jesus, the more I love him. I love the Lord far more than when I was four years old, 10 years old, 14 years old, 19 years old, 25 years old, 35 years old. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. And I could sing it. I just didn't know what it meant. That's all right. It's worth singing. Because if you live long enough, you'll know what it meant. That's sweeter as the days go by. It gets sweeter and sweeter, sweeter as the days go by. You know, when you get to know who Jesus is, you know what you're going to find out? This may make you want to study. You're going to find out some of your friends are wrong. Now, for a lot of people, that's a big deal. I just was hoping I'd find out something that's wrong because I called it up next time I get them around some people. I just want them to get back at me because they're always telling me I'm wrong. And I'm going to tell them they're wrong. But if you get to the point in your life when you say, you know, I want to love Jesus as he loves me. And I want to serve him as he directs, not what somebody else tells me I ought to do, but what he wants me to do. And then I pray that one day I will hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant.
When Jesus takes over the life of an unbeliever, here's a 100% true statement. Your priorities are going to change. Your priorities are going to change. Your priorities are going to change. You'll look at Sundays different. You'll look at your salvation different. Your heroes will not wear uniforms. Your heroes will be an old rugged cross and a resurrected Lord Jesus. That will be your God. That will be the one. Jesus is Lord. A believer should be in a position to suffer loss in any way that is necessary if I can know him better. Lose your money, lose your job, lose your mate, lose anything. If it means by losing, I'm going to be able to gain the spiritual things, then so be it. How many people have you heard say, you know, I've been blessed with good health all my life. Now the doctor says, and he gave, gave you a bad report. Well, now how are you going to handle that? If he's in you, you're going to handle it fine. He suffered, we suffer. He said he would suffer, he said I'm going to suffer. And you're going to suffer if we follow Jesus. The question is, are you going to follow him? If you don't follow him, who are you going to follow? And if you don't follow him, he tells you exactly where you're going to go if you follow me. You're going to follow something else. Where is that going to take you? Well, I don't know. All I know is a lot of people are following. I mean, all you got to do is just run together in a big group. You know, we could all just run out in the parking lot right now and just get in a big circle. And in 15 minutes, there'd be 100 cars stop on the freeway to come get in our circle. Say, well, what are you out here? Well, the preacher said run out here and jump in a circle. So here we are. Well, I just like to go where the crowds are. You know, man, I see these people standing down the street, down here, down here, down there, get a telephone. Saw people standing in line yesterday to buy a baseball cap for 200 bucks. A $3 hat for 200 bucks. And you had to have a ticket to the ball game in order to get into the room to buy the hat. I said, my God, help us. Keep me out of those lines. Keep me out of those lines. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before, and salvation is free by God's grace. We don't have to pay it on installment. Hey, he's not the master card. He's the master. He's the master of everything. He owns it all, the cattle on a thousand hills, and the hills that they graze on. That's the kind of God that we serve. And every circumstance that we face, we got to look at it as a fresh way to follow our Lord. I want to ask you one more time. Is knowing Jesus the ultimate purpose of your life? Is knowing him? You say, well, no, I can't say it's my ultimate purpose. Well, the Bible says you can have no other gods before me. So what is your ultimate purpose? If you say, yes, it is. I, I would really like to know why this unique fingerprint and this unique body and this unique mind and on and on and on. Why did God make me?
And why did he put me where he did, when he did? Why? Why? I wish I could answer that for you, but I can't. But he can. And he will. I like that old song, we'll understand it better by and by. But today, I know he's going to go with me wherever he leads. I know he's not going to forsake me. I know all power is given unto him. I know he owns everything. I know he's alive. You can't beat that. Count me in. And he wants to count you in as well. God will reveal to me and he'll reveal to you as much as you want to know about him. Some don't want to know what he thinks about certain things. You just go do them. You say, I don't care. I got mad. They're wrong. So I'm just going to go do them. Well, if you want to know what God thinks, just ask him. And he will be glad. He will be glad to lead you in the paths of righteousness and promise you. And you will feel that he will be with you. Our spiritual eyes can be open to see things the world cannot see. Most people look at the world as what's happening in China, what's happening in Korea, what's happening in India, what's happening in Israel, what's happening here in America, what's happening in Mexico, what's happening in everything. You know what I'm concerned about? What's happening in heaven? Is Jesus coming soon? Are these things that parallel the prophecies coming to pass right now? Is this weather doing crazy things? I've lived in Houston all my life, and I've never seen anything like this in all my life. Well, get on board. You're seeing Bible prophecy. Jesus loves me. This I know because the Bible tells me so. This is not a message for you to get mad. It's a message for you to get glad. Jesus loves you. Jesus has not given up on you. Jesus is not going to walk out on you. Don't you walk out on him. There's certain things in life that come and go. One is youth. You can only be young once. You can only be in perfect health once. You can only grow up once. And you can add a lot to that. But every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. The more you know the Lord, the less appealing this world is going to be to you. You hear me? The more you know the Lord, the less appealing this world is going to be to you. The things that draw you into this world that have such a draw on you that if you get a chance to do it, there's no way you'd go to church when you could do something else on Sunday. There is no way that you would go here when you could go over there, whatever that might be in your life. But you have to make a decision. And Easter is a good time to do it, but it's sure good to come in on Easter Sunday morning And sing, he lives, he lives, and then say, and you ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. I didn't come here to get religion. I came here because Jesus is all the world to me. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. He's a soon-coming king. And he loves me unconditionally. The Bible says, for whosoever 
comes unto me, I will in no wise cast out. We can be cast out from family. We can be cast out in a marriage. We can get cast out of a business. We can get cast out of school. We can get cast out of a whole bunch of stuff. But you can't get cast out of heaven. It's forever and forever and forever and forever. Real quickly. Pastor, what can I do? Number one, learn God's Word. Don't go home after this service. Go to a Bible study class. Learn God's Word. Learn God's Word. Well, I'm of opinion. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. What does he say? Learn God's Word. Number two, find a place where you can spend some time alone with God in prayer. Wherever that is. Find a spot where you can just cut off everything in this world and get focused on him. John 10, 27. And by the way, when you spend time with him, if you're going to play an hour, give him at least 31 of those minutes, okay? Let him have more time than you have. Because when you start speaking to the Lord, God's going to speak into your heart as well. Don't just tell him how you want it done and say amen and walk out. Spend time alone with God and let him speak to you. And John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Pretty simple scripture. My sheep will hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Number four, every time you can, worship. Don't wait till Sunday. Find you a place to worship. Find you a place that only God knows where it is. And worship him. And this will be the tough one. If you're fighting some sin this morning of the mind, the heart, the action, and you're trying to deal with that, and it is a real problem in your life, I want to encourage you on these practical things to spend time talking to God about them. Lord, what should I do? I can assure you that already in this brief few minutes that we've had this morning, some of you have thought about some sin in your life, and your thought right now is there's no way I can give this sin up. I just can't do it. And yet the Scripture is whispering in your ear, we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. I will take over. I will lift your burden. I will lead you. But you have to trust me. My last thing to say to you is, and I did this more in yesteryear, and I'm confessing my own sin, and I've even become convicted about this and getting ready for this sermon. If you go to my library, I have the biographies of many, many of the greatest Christians that ever lived. I've read many of them. Every single one of them holds to the things that I've talked to you about this morning. There came a time in their life when they left that world that they were in and they came to Jesus and old things passed away and all things became new. When they were in their young teens, people said they'll never amount to anything. When they were in their 20s, not going to do it. 30s, 40s, 50s. But one day, one day, 
They fell in love with God to the point that wherever he leads, I will go. That's the reason that's my favorite invitation song, wherever he leads. I have no idea where he's going. People always ask me, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? do? I don't know what I'm going to do. But he does. And one day at a time, one moment at a time, none of us know what the other day is going to bring. But people like George Mueller, Oswald Chambers, Hudson Taylor, Martin Luther, John Calvin, Billy Graham, many, Dwight L. Moody, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Read. You'll see the one thing they had in common. There came a day in their life when they forsook this world and started following Jesus. And God took them out of the sinking sand and put them on a solid rock. And there are millions in heaven today. And all of these are in the grave. And Jesus is alive. When the preachers go, and we'll all go, it's appointed unto man once to die. But there is a King of kings and a Lord of lords. He is risen. He is alive. And he wants to live in your life.